You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Tick Tack Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And Titans fans, it's not just a tick-tack Tuesday. It is a trade Tuesday for the Tennessee Titans who make a major move before the trade deadline to help push this team back into Super Bowl contention after a very disheartening loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. And there is one area on this roster that has been attacked two weeks in a row. And on Monday, John Robinson made a shrewd move to sure up that group on this team. So really excited to talk to you about this major trade, what the Titans gave away, what the Titans got back, and what it means for the season going forward. So we will start our show there with the big trade news for the Titans. And then it is Tic Tac Tuesday. So that means we have our Tic Tac four pack for this week. Going to go over the four most impactful plays for the Titans from the game against the Bengals. And in this week's Tic Tac four pack, I feel like I found four plays that really showcase the overall points that made the Titans lose this game. So a little bit of a microcosm in terms of the examples that I will be using in this week's Tic Tac 4-Pack. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you don't miss the visual breakdown that I will be posting to go along with our Tic Tac 4-Pack segment on today's show. But then we are going to cap off today's show diving back into the big trade news of the day and I have two pieces of audio that I want to make sure you guys hear. The first is Titans head coach Mike Vrabel explaining the decision and what they're looking for from this player that the Titans just acquired and then we are going to hear directly from the locked on host that has been covering this player for multiple years. So some inside information from the locked on podcast network that I'm going to be bringing to you guys to cap off today's show. So a big Trade Tuesday, a big Tic Tac Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast. And throughout the rest of the week, I will have some good content coming up for you guys. Wednesday is a rewatch Wednesday. We will dive into all of my extra analysis that I picked up and talk about some more schematic insights that I picked up from rewatching the coaches film over the last 48 hours or so from the Titans game. And then Thursday, we will begin our preparation for the Chicago Bears, talking with Lauren Cox from the Locked on Bears podcast to start getting ready for that game. Friday will be our Football Friday game preview with my keys to the game, my players to watch, injuries, fantasy, gambling, and my score and game 
prediction. So a big week on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform you do stream, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, following on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. You can find the Locked On Titans podcast there. But with that being said, it is a big Tic Tac Tuesday with a monster trade for the Tennessee Titans. Let's get it! It is no secret that the Tennessee Titans defense has not played well through eight weeks of the season. In fact, it's probably an understatement to say that the Titans defense has not played well when they have been terrible at points and times throughout the year, especially on third downs. But when you're looking to divvy out blame for the Titans' performance on defense, a large amount could go to the coaching staff, a good chunk could go to the front seven, but the biggest slice of blame pie has to go to the Titans' secondary, specifically their cornerbacks. When the Titans came into the season, they expected to have Adoree Jackson and Malcolm Butler on the outsides, and then rookie second-round pick Christian Fulton in the slot. But that has simply not been the case through half of the year. Adoree Jackson has yet to make an appearance for the Titans in 2020 after suffering a knee injury in training camp, and Christian Fulton has been in and out of the lineup with injuries throughout the season and was recently placed on IR and will miss a minimum of three games with a knee injury. So in those two spots, the Titans have not gotten good enough replacement value. First, in the slot, we have seen seventh-round rookie Chris Jackson get the most opportunities, and at at this time, he is currently ranked 115 out of 115 qualified cornerbacks per pro football focus with a 33.1 overall grade, a 33.2 coverage grade. So simply the worst cornerback play in the NFL has come from Chris Jackson. And the raw stats bear that out as well. He's been targeted 25 times, given up 20 completions for 201 yards, two touchdowns, and a 126 quarterback rating when throwing his direction. But it's not just that. He's also missed five tackles on the year, two of those being for sacks. So when you look at the performance of a Juju Smith-Schuster for the Steelers in Week 7, you look at the performance of a Tyler Boyd in Week 8 for the Bengals, and you can see why and how the other teams are taking advantage of Chris Jackson. But it's not just him. The veteran, Jonathan Joseph, who is 36 years old, is also being targeted in a major way. 22 completions allowed on 34 targets, 298 yards, four touchdowns, one interception on the year for Joseph, but a 119 quarterback rating when throwing his direction, three missed tackles on the year. So Joseph and Jackson together have been major issues for the Titans defense, and on Monday, Titans general manager John Robinson made a move to correct that when he traded a sixth round pick in the 2021 draft for Los Angeles Chargers cornerback Desmond King. King was a fifth round pick out of Iowa in 2017, played 53 games in his career, 23 starts. He is a slot cornerback in nature, so the starts will be limited, but 213 tackles, seven and a half sacks. Two interceptions, 14 tackles for loss in his career. In 2020, he has played six games 
for the Los Angeles Chargers. And when you compare his stats to what we talked about earlier with Jackson and Joseph, he has only given up 10 completions and 15 targets for 60 yards, zero touchdowns, and a 74 quarterback rating when throwing his direction. He's played 55% of the snaps for the Chargers this year. So an incredible immediate improvement for the Titans defense. But King can also help on special teams where he was a 2018 All-Pro selection as a punt return. He averages 8.9 yards per return on punts in his career. 51 returns overall for 455 yards. Does have two punt return touchdowns in his career. And that 8.9 yard average would have him in the top 10 in punt returners this year. And much better than the 7.08 punt return average the Titans' current punt punt returner Khalif Raymond has. Looking at kickoff returns where he can provide value as well, 21.9 yards per kick return as an average for him in his career on 55 returns, 1,206 yards total, no touchdowns there, but his 21.9 career average would be three yards better than the 18.6 kickoff return average that we see from Khalif Raymond at this time. The Titans did give up a sixth round pick, which they acquired earlier in the year from the Jacksonville Jaguars when trading a 7th and outside linebacker Kamale Correa. So John Robinson trades Kamale Correa in a 7th round pick essentially for Desmond King to play slot corner for the Titans. Now, outside of the football aspect of this, you do have to look at the long-term roster aspects here, the financial aspect here. Desmond King is set to be a free agent, so this could possibly be a one-year rental for the Titans, but with a sixth-round pick that they acquired through a trade of Kamale Correa, it feels like the Titans are playing with free money here. So let's say Desmond King performs very well for the Titans. They have the opportunity to re-sign him to a team-friendly deal. Let's say he plays so well that he gets a big contract from another team. Well, then, like Jack Conklin going to the Cleveland Browns, then a Titans player, although acquired halfway through the season via trade, a Titans player signs a a lucrative contract. That's going to result in a compensatory draft pick for the Titans in the 2022 draft that will likely be more valuable than the sixth round pick that they traded for King on Monday. So either way, whether King works out or does not work out for the Titans, this is an incredibly shrewd move for John Robinson, and it was widely praised on social media from the football cognoscenti as well as a very low risk, very high reward trade for a player who had been one of the best slot cornerbacks in the NFL during his good years with the Chargers. And one other thing I want to mention here before we move into our Tic Tac 4-pack is someone like Desmond King instinctive player, great in zone coverage, a good blitzer, a very good player in run support, a very smart player who's good at playing downhill, reading coverages, understanding route concepts. Who does that sound like, Titans fans? Answer, Logan Ryan. Now, Desmond King is only 26 years old, so he is a younger version of Logan Ryan, but he will give the Titans defense a lot of similar qualities, and it's obvious that the Titans realize now halfway through the year that they need that from a versatile slot defender. So an exciting trade for the Titans, but we are going to move into our Tic Tac 4-pack for this week. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you check out the visual breakdown that I will be posting on Tuesday to go along with our next segment. Before we jump into 
That Tic Tac 4-pack, though, I want to tell you guys about Built Go. From the geniuses over at Built Bar that brought you the best-tasting protein bar ever comes the best workout gel ever. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Go. Built Go comes in easy-to-take 1.5-ounce packages that fit in your briefcase, golf bag, your book bag, or even your pocket. It's the best workout gel on the market because it's like a 5-hour energy without that crash feeling plus it's all natural so it's better for your body it's like you drank a monster but it's a third of the caffeine with better results it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter honey chocolate coconut chocolate mint but it's not just about the flavor and the the energy benefits it gives you. There's also a lot of healthy stuff in Built Go as well. It's loaded with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, gets into your system quick, easy on your stomach. It's good for joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It's got beta alanine, B3 honey, that kick of caffeine, B6, B12. The stuff literally makes you look and feel better. So visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, that's Promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. It's time for this week eight tic-tac four-pack where I break down the four most impactful plays from the Titans game this week. It is from the Cincinnati Bengals game, and we are going to start with play one in the first quarter with the Titans offense on the first drive of the game. So the Bengals have a decent drive to start off the game. They get the ball first. They go down. They get a field goal. The Titans defense does their job, holds the Bengals offense that has been playing very well in recent weeks to a field goal. So good job there. This is where I think the game just started to go off track. We started to see some things that we just don't typically see from the Titans. And it is first and goal on the eight-yard line. First and goal. First down. Five minutes left. 5.30 left in the first quarter. The Titans come out in a two running back, one tight end look. So they have Jonu Smith at tight end on the left-hand side. They have... Kari Blossom game as the fullback in the backfield in an I formation. On the right-hand side of the formation, you have A.J. Brown as the inside most receiver, and then you have Corey Davis as the outside receiver. So the Titans, two receivers on one side of the field. And what they're going to do here is they're going to run a play-action fake to Derrick Henry in hopes that they get some... Biting over the... Here's the confusing part. The Titans wide receivers, neither of them run a route over the middle of the field. So this play-action fake here that the Titans use to Derrick Henry, it's meant to influence the safeties and the linebackers over the middle, but that's not even where the route concept is designed to go. And quite frankly, I'm not 100% certain what Arthur Smith is trying to do with this route concept. So Corey Davis is on the outside. And what you would expect him to do is maybe press up the field about 8 to 10 yards, get in the end zone, and then break out towards the sideline. Well, instead, he kind of runs a, a fade route, but never really turns to the outside 
expecting a fade ball. He kind of stays inside with his inside shoulder turning back towards the offense, and it just allows the cornerback to be right in his chest. So he's not going to be open, and at minimum, the play-action fake isn't going to help him in any way. So you look at A.J. Brown, who's the closer wide receiver, on the inside there, and he runs a a very strange route, almost the same route. It's like a a double fade for the Titans, but A.J. Brown is on the inside of the cornerback, so you're not going to throw a back shoulder fade ball to the inside of the cornerback, so I don't understand what the route concept was intended to do when married with the play-action fake, but either way, the Bengals played man defense on this, and the Titans kept in seven blockers, so they only had three guys out in a route, and Jonu Smith is the tight end on the left-hand side, he just goes off into the flat. This play is designed to go to A.J. Brown or Corey Davis, but I don't understand the design to start off with. So anyway, as the play starts to go, Tannehill does the play-action fake. He's got max protection, but no one's open because the route concept isn't designed to get anybody open. It's a it's a poorly designed play. But also, what really ruins this play is it's first and eight. First and goal here. The Titans have a chance to go up 7-3 and set the tone early. And the Bengals play man defense. So Tannehill has nothing after about three seconds. There's nowhere to throw and the pressure starts to kind of take hold. Tannehill starts to scramble out to the right a little bit. And now we're in a, in a scramble drill. This is backyard football. A.J. Brown pushes off his cornerback who's in man coverage and then tries to go back inside to the middle of the field. Tannehill is rolling right. And at this time, he should have thrown the ball away. You're running the ball down their throat. They don't have a good defense. It'll be second down and eight, second down and goal from the eight-yard line. Just throw it away and live to see another day. Well, Tannehill gets way too risky, throws across his body while rolling right to try to fit it into A.J. Brown. One, A.J. Brown's not open because the safety that's playing a general zone in the middle of the field is Jesse Bates. He has worked his way over to cut off that pass before it gets to A.J. Brown. And even if he wasn't there, it would have been an incompletion because Tannehill threw the ball so short. So a poorly designed play from the Titans offensive quarter and Arthur Smith, a bad route concept, also a very poor decision rolling right and throwing left into the middle of the field on first and goal by Ryan Tannehill so those are indicative of what we saw throughout the day poorly designed offensive plays and Ryan Tannehill just not having a great day so let's move into play number two Play number two is of the Titans' defense, and it's a great example of how both the coaching staff and the individual players in the secondary are responsible for what took place in Cincinnati. This is a crucial fourth and five, and we talk about the Titans' third down defense, but this is just as critical. A crucial fourth and five for the Titans' defense, two minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the first half. The Titans are down 10-7 to at this time, and if they can get a stop here, they would have the ball on about the 43-yard line with only about 50 yards needed for a touchdown, and they would be able to score before halftime, get the ball back at halftime, and the Titans have a chance to be up 21-10, to so a critical opportunity in the game if the Titans' defense can just get a stop, but the call doesn't make a lot of sense. The Titans line up in a dime defense, so six defensive backs on the field. They have two linebackers on the field, three defensive linemen. It's fourth and five. It's fourth and short, but the Titans go with what I've seen them do on third and long a lot. They only rush three. They drop two defenders back 
on the first down marker about five yards deep, covering over the middle. They then run man coverage with everyone else across the board and have a Monty Hooker covering deep just in case anybody gets behind the cornerbacks. So that makes sense when it's third and long. But it's fourth and five. Joe Burrow would have the opportunity to complete a short pass. He's going to have all the time in the world if you only rush three. So the Titans only rush three in this circumstance. None of them get home whatsoever, which I don't think makes a lot of sense when the Bengals have a JV offensive line. You're bailing them out by only rushing three. But the Titans play that man coverage with those two underneath zone defenders and then the zone defender deep. And Joe Burrow just has all day in the pocket. He scrambles around, scrambles around, has forever to look around, and when you have all day and you ask your cornerbacks to cover all day like that, and you have cornerbacks out there like Jonathan Joseph and Chris Jackson, what do you think is going to happen? So basically, it's Auden, or T. Higgins against Chris Jackson, and after about five seconds of Burrow waiting in the pocket with no pressure whatsoever because of the three-man rush, he finds T. Higgins down the field for a 22-yard completion. So not only did the Titans not get a stop on fourth down, not only did the Titans not get the ball back with an opportunity to score and take the lead before halftime, before having the ball back after halftime and going up double digits, they gave not only a fourth down completion and conversion, but a 22-yard explosive play to the Bengals. The Bengals were then able to turn that into a touchdown with only about 36 seconds remaining in the second half like the Steelers were able to do last week scoring a touchdown right before halftime and now the Bengals are up 17 to 7 at halftime rather than 10 to 7 or even down and losing to the Titans 14 to 10. So a very critical moment in the game for the Titans defense and an example of how the coaches call a bad play that doesn't make sense and the Titans have individual performances that just don't get the job done. Play number three, we are back to the offensive side of the ball. My big takeaway is on the offensive side of the ball on Sunday, the Titans simply shot themselves in the foot. We already talked about Ryan Tannehill's red zone interception in play number one of our Tic Tac four pack, but there was also a missed field goal in the first half. We saw a big holding penalty on center Ben Jones in the second half that basically ruined a drive. Now, we could talk about whether a holding penalty should completely crater a Titans drive, but that is what took place. But there was another big crucial error that the Titans committed to themselves on Sunday that really hurt their chances. We are in the third quarter. There's five minutes and about 30 seconds left in the third quarter. The Titans are still down 17-7. to The Titans come out have a punt on their first drive, aren't able to get things going, and then they hold the Bengals. They actually hold the Bengals to a punt, so the defense does its job. The Titans need to get some points on the board here, make it 17-14, to and give their defense some hope that if they get one more stop, they might be able to win this game. And if you recall, something that got the Titans going was a 73-yard touchdown on a slant to A.J. Brown against the Steelers. Well, the Titans look for a similar play here in a much better spot. The Titans are on the Cincinnati 40, so they only have 40 yards to go to be able to get a touchdown, and they have been moving the ball pretty well despite those times where they shot themselves in the foot. 
And here is one right now. The Titans run a similar play to, like I said, against the Steelers. They run a play-action fake to Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown is on the left-hand side. After the play-action fake or during the play-action fake, A.J. Brown runs a slant over the middle. The Bengals are in man defense with one corner with one safety in the back covering everything deep. That's Jesse Bates. The Titans run this play action fake to Derrick Henry. Tannehill turns around and guess who's wide open on the slant over the middle? AJ Brown. And he catches if he catches this ball. William Jackson III is on his backside. There's no way that he's going to be able to bring him down immediately. Jesse Bates, when this ball is thrown, is about 10 yards downfield away from A.J. Brown and moving upfield. There is no reason that if A.J. Brown catches this ball, he doesn't make one man miss and then gets up the field 30 yards for a touchdown. It's the same exact design, same exact concept that the Titans tried to, that the Titans ran successfully against the Steelers. What's the difference? AJ Brown dropped the ball. Just a drop. Hit him right in the hands. He dropped the ball. I don't know if he was worried about getting upfield, thinking about the play that he could make or how similar it was, but just a really critical error from one of the Titans' best players. And I've made a note to show you that when the Titans needed it most throughout this year, their stars have stepped up in Minnesota against Houston. A.J. Brown's one of those stars who have stepped up for the Titans throughout the year when they needed it most when he's actually playing. But he really let them down with this drop pass because he had a big opportunity to make this a really, really big play. The Bengals blitzed. They played man coverage. This was a great opportunity for A.J. Brown to do what A.J. Brown does best. And he just dropped the ball. He just dropped the ball. So a self-inflicted wound for the Titans offense. The very next play, Ryan Tannehill is sacked for the only sack of the day. Loses 10 yards on third down. That leaves the Titans with a 4th and 18 from the 50-yard line. Obviously, they punt. And the Titans waste a great opportunity where they were moving the ball out of halftime. Um... It's just unfortunate. It's it's very unfortunate. It's one of those things where it's just an individual play that the Titans didn't make. And, and that's kind of what it comes down to. The Bengals get the ball back. They score a touchdown. Now the game is looking at 24-7. to And it's a little bit out of reach for the Titans. It's going to be a very difficult comeback at this moment in time. So a tough play from A.J. Brown on the drop there. Moving into the final play of our Tic Tac 4-pack for week eight, and we had some defense, we had some offense, but now it's time to take a look at the special teams. So a big moment in the fourth quarter, about 11.30 remaining. The Titans just scored a touchdown. They just scored a touchdown in the second half, the A.J. Brown touchdown. It is now 24-14. to Now the Titans have over 10 minutes left, to try to get back into this game. So it is completely possible that they would be able to do so. But this play was a backbreaker. And it's a long, long kickoff return for the Bengals. Like I said, I talked offense. I talked defense. Now it's time to talk about the special teams letting the Titans down. And special teams was incredibly inconsistent this entire game. I talked about it on Monday show. But the big problem that we're seeing here, again, as I talked about last week with the punt return, 
that happened against the Titans. It's all about rush, lane, integrity. This punt, or this kickoff from Goskowski is right up the middle. Now it's short, and it's short on purpose. The Titans want to entice a run. This ball is caught at the seven-yard line, and the kick returner for the Bengals just makes, Wilson just makes a play up the right side of the field, and the real reason that this kickoff return is successful. Four Tennessee Titans who simply did not do their job on the kickoff return. And those four guilty parties are linebacker David Long, who was scolded by Mike Vrabel indirectly earlier this week for his inability to help on special teams. Joshua Kalu, Nick DeZubnar, who was brought in to be a special teams ace, was destroyed on this play and completely stonewalled from making an impact in his rush lane. But the final most guilty party is a guy who I've beat up quite a bit on today's show, and that's Chris Jackson. So Chris Jackson is the second most outside guy on this play. My apologies, lined up as the furthermost outside guy, but his rush lane is the second furthest outside lane towards the sideline. And basically on this play, while the other three guys, DeZubnar, David Long, and Joshua Kalu are just completely walled off from their rush lane, Chris Jackson just gives a miserable effort. He's very unaggressive coming up to try to attack the ball carrier, and he stops about 10 yards before he can make contact with the ball carrier and just invites a block, gets pushed about 5 to 10 yards down the field before ultimately not being the one to make the play here. So just a really disappointing effort from those four players, including Chris Jackson, who just had a miserable game overall on defense and on special teams. So that's your tic-tac four-pack for the week. We are going to come back and dive more into this trade with Desmond King, let you hear from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel on the move, and hear from the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, giving you their breakdown from what they've seen from King throughout his career. off this Tic Tac Tuesday slash Trade Tuesday by diving back into that Desmond King trade. And quickly, I want to give you guys some pertinent audio from that trade. We are going to hear from Titans head coach Mike Rabel on his thoughts on the move and why they thought it was something that they needed to do. Also, going to hear from Dave from the Locked on Chargers podcast to give us his breakdown of Desmond King. So excited to bring you guys that audio. We are going to start with Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. Audio is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com, but here is his thoughts on the acquisition of Desmond King. Well, John and, and I had talked, and you know, it was a player that that uh, we felt like you know could help us, that could come in and and, and has played DB, has been disruptive, has been been effective blitzer, and has done some things. And, and we'll we'll see where he's at when he gets here. That he's going to have be away from the building for a while, going through protocol. So, you know, we, we won't know much until you know much later on in the week. Um, not not even assuming that he'll be able to, to practice with us before Saturday. So, you know. It, everything that we've heard that is a player that, that loves football, that's competitive, has played a, a number of different spots, give us some, you know, a little better indication, but 
I would say by all accounts, that's, that's where he would, would start out. And it does only make sense that Desmond King would start out in the slot, of course, if he provides other versatility. He can maybe play some outside, but he's played the nickel corner slot for most of his career. That's where his skill set is best utilized. He's excellent playing downhill. He's really crafty, understands route concepts, understands what the offense is trying to do. He's physical in the run game. He'll blitz as well. Quite frankly, as I mentioned earlier in the show, he's like a baby Logan Ryan. It's like Logan Ryan, but younger, all over again. So clearly the Titans missed that component of their defense, that versatile, physical slot defender, and they look to replace that with Desmond King. And now I want to give you guys some special audio from David of the Locked On Chargers podcast, giving us his breakdown of Desmond King. What's going on, Locked On Titans? This is David Drogemeyer of Locked On Chargers, and your host, Tyler, asked me to come on to give you guys a little bit of information on what your guys are getting from Des King. The Chargers and the Titans announced today that they made a trade for the Chargers to send defensive back Desmond King to the Tennessee Titans in exchange for a sixth round pick. So with Des King, he's a 25-year-old slot corner slash punt returner who is a 2017 fifth round pick. In 2018, he did earn first-team All-Pro nod as a slot corner and was a second-team All-Pro as a punt returner as well. He has two punt return touchdowns to his credit uh, in his NFL career, so he is a very, very good punt returner. In 2019, he kind of fell out of favor with the Chargers for conduct detrimental to the team before the team's Week 15 game against the Vikings. In 2020, you know, that kind of continued with Des King making some comments on Twitter about how he was unhappy about his playing time, and subsequently, immediately after that, the, the Chargers caught wind of that, and they scaled down his snaps considerably. And it's really not anything to do with his production on the field because Des King is a a very high quality corner but the Chargers just have a little bit of an embarrassment of riches at that position so they felt like it was a good idea to try to you know try to get something for him instead of letting him walk so what are the the Titans getting in Desmond King well they're getting a very sound tackler this guy was a former wrestler so he definitely has the technique down he does not miss many tackles he's also a very very good blitzer very underrated uh, at that aspect. Uh, He has seven and a half sacks in his career, so he can help get after the quarterback. And also, he's a very durable player. He's only missed one game in his NFL career, and that was not for an injury-related issue. He's also a very passionate and energetic and smart football player. This guy really, really gets it. The Chargers decided to make this move because you know they have several guys that they have to re-sign in the offseason, and unfortunately, Des King was probably going to be a guy that was going to walk. The Chargers were probably not going to extend a contract to him just because, like I mentioned, he did fall out of favor a little bit with the organization. So the Chargers said, hey, why don't we try to get some value for Des King instead of letting him, letting him walk in free agency for nothing. So the Chargers were able to strike up a deal with your Tennessee Titans, and I think you guys are going to be very happy with the pick. Yes, he was a fifth round pick, but he is a great high-quality football player, and he is definitely going to help that maligned, injured Defensive secondary for the Tennessee Titans. Des King, a great player. You guys are going to love him. 
So an awesome breakdown there from David from Locked On Chargers has to get you guys excited about what Desmond King, Des King, I guess as they call him, in Los Angeles is going to be bringing to the Tennessee Titans. But that's going to do it for me today. It's a big Tic Tac Tuesday, a big Trade Tuesday for the Titans. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. I will be back with you all for a rewatch Wednesday. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.